Hey everyone, welcome back to This Is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and mother. In this episode, I have an amazing, soul-fulfilling chat with my dear friend, Carly. Carly is a life coach, massage therapist, and Reiki healer. Yes, she checks all the mind, body, and soul boxes. I met Carly four years ago when she became my massage therapist. There was this instant connection, and she has inspired me in so many ways in the last four years. So on today's podcast, I want to share Carly with you. Uh, Today we will talk about her role as a life coach and how she helps women step into their power by finding their true selves. If you are into self-reflection or are looking into ways of becoming more self-aware in your sober journey, then you don't want to miss this discussion. I've included Carly's Instagram handle in the show notes so you can follow her and continue to learn and be inspired. Enjoy the show. Stephanie. Carly. (laughs) You sound great. Okay, good. You did good setting up. Good. Luke did it all. Oh, what (laughs) a man. Thank God, because I know I probably would be doing this on my phone if he did it. So, yeah, well, whatever works, whatever works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, all right. I'm so excited. Yeah, I'm, I'm so pumped. I know because we see each other every two weeks. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Because you are not only a life coach, but you are also my massage therapist and you do my yes. Reiki and all that fun stuff. And, um, but we don't always get, like, we have some really good conversations, Yes. Um, but we don't always get to have like a full on like hour of just chatting. So exactly. I'm so excited to do this with you today. I am so pumped. I always have to like reel it back because as a massage therapist, you want the person who's coming in to kind of lead the session. Like some people do want to talk the whole time, but other people want to do a mixture of a little bit of talking and relaxation. And at the end of the day, you know, it's about providing what they need. So I'm always like, I could talk to Stephanie this whole time. I know. On the massage. So I'm so looking forward to this, like not having to hold back and just getting into it. Oh, yeah. Well, before we get into all the goodness, yeah. I want to start okay. by thanking you because mm-hmm. I had to look it up today because I have no concept of time since the pandemic, but I've known <laughs> you for four years. That's fucking crazy. Isn't that fucking cra- like that's so I've, weird. Four years. Um, but you have been like a pivotal person in my like spiritual transformation. Um, I've always felt like this soul connection with you and, you know, part of my wanting to do this podcast is I want to share the people that have done that for me with other people in the sober community, just to kind of, well, for one, if they can get any little nuggets like that I got just from like having you in my life, but for two to like inspire them to find people too that like they feel that soul connection with, you know? Um, 
I mean, cause you have just done everything for like my mind, my body, my soul. <laughs> and it has just been, like I said, she, uh, Carly has done my Reiki, um, which we've had some wild, wild stuff yeah. with that. We'll save yeah, that for another time. Times. But, yeah. um, <laughs> but yeah, but yes. today I want to talk about your life coaching, because I know this yeah. is something that you are just loving and mm -hmm. so inspiring. Um, your Instagram is amazing. The, the things that you talk about on there. Thank so, you. Yes. Thank you. Me likewise. Yeah. Well, thank you. So I want to start mm -hmm. with, can yeah. you kind of explain for people who don't know, like what a life coach is and what you do? Totally. So what is a life coach? A life coach is someone who works with people who helps them identify a goal or a transformation that they want to make in their life and then goes on to help them dissect what is standing in their way in order for them that's blocking them from reaching mm -hmm. that goal, that place that they want to be, um, whatever that thing is that they're wanting to call in their life, helping you understand how you're holding your own self back and where, where that may have started and came from. And then giving you the tools to transform that, understand that, and, um, really, really take in more empowering beliefs and habits so that you can get to that place. So what are some common things that you coach people on? Like, I, I, what type of people, like, what are you coaching? Just women, men, like, I guess let's set that yeah. stage. And then so, what are some of the common themes that you see? Okay. So I work with women mm -hmm. and the most common theme that I've seen so far is, is probably self-abandonment. I think that people pleasing and taking on this role of taking care of everyone around you mm -hmm. is something that is so, so prevalent and it's so normalized and it really does a lot of damage so much so that we don't even realize it. And I, I love personal development work. Like I'm such a nerd and I've Me been too. working on myself for a long time <laughs> and I am still unraveling it like daily. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. I, I just abandoned myself there. I just chose to meet someone else's needs before I even checked in with myself. Um, so I, I would say that self-abandonment people pleasing is a really big one. Anxiety. Mm. Um, knowing yourself, confidence. Um, I'd say those are pretty, pretty relevant ones. Well, I can definitely say that yeah. being in the sober community, these are all things that a lot of us, uh, before we got sober. And I mean, yeah. obviously after we got sober too, because now they're like things that we don't drown out anymore, but I think these right. are all, what we call, and I'm using air quotes, like the triggers for drinking, yeah. um, you know, you, you bring up the people pleasing Yeah, that I didn't know it at the time, mm -hmm. but I'm like you, I am constantly like 
learning about myself and I'm, I'm here for it. Like I'm very open to it. And, um, it's like, I I've like described it as like peeling an onion. Like I'm just peeling back all these layers, you know, and then there's tears and it's just super tears. Yeah. (laughs) Like the people pleasing is there's so many like facets and different types of people pleasing and and, like different reasons for people pleasing. Truly, like it does not discriminate. It can infiltrate into every facet of your life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I feel for me personally, Mm -hmm. I did a lot of drinking because of my people pleasing. So what that looked like was there was a part of me that maybe didn't feel, we'll just use this as an example. There was a part of me when I was drinking that maybe didn't feel that some of these jokes that people would tell around me was funny. Like I just thought they were tasteless or offensive, but instead of like, like listening to that person inside of me, right. That was like, that's fucked up. I didn't want to rock the boat and we'll dive into why I didn't want to rock the boat. Cause I know you can like, yeah, but I didn't want to rock the boat. Right. I wanted to just keep everyone happy. So I would laugh. And I would drink more because the more I would drink, yes, my inhibitions, I would loosen up, but it also quite, it was like drowning out my true self, which is like the biggest revelation I've had probably in the last few months is that I, I like totally like came to me that I was drinking to drown out my true self, which is so messed up because a lot of people drink to like be more, you know, talkative and social or whatever, but Yeah. That really wasn't the case for me because I was such a big people pleaser. Yeah. And, and it really highlights this lack of safety around taking up space and being in that authentic expression because you're, it's a need to drown it out because it's not safe to, Mm -hmm. to rock the boat, to say something like, Hey, have you really thought about that joke? Like, do you, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah. I resonate with that deeply. It's yeah. And I feel like the people pleasing aspect of my life started very young. Yeah. Um, and it, and yeah, it was childhood. just, yeah, it was definitely a childhood thing that evolved into, right. you know, just, yeah. The, I really thought that I was just being polite. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But it's developed because out of a need for acceptance and approval and love within, within your environment. And it just grows from there. Yeah. It, it grows from there. Yeah, it does. And it's just being able to sit with it, pinpoint it. And something that I did now, I don't know. I mean, okay. So something that I did to like relieve myself of some of the the people pleasing aspect. And like, once I identified, okay, this is why I'm doing it. Um, which I really don't want to go into. It's very personal and, and all of that, but just for context, 
once you identify maybe what happened when you were younger or, you know, how maybe it had something to do with how you were raised or whatever. Once you identify that, Mm -hmm. the next step is like, okay, you got to learn to heal it. So I'm going to share what I did and then I'll let you share kind of like maybe what you guide people to do. And maybe this is kind of what you do, but, um, I had to literally go back to that girl and tell her that she's okay, that she's safe, that it's not like that anymore. You know, what was happening at the time is not happening anymore. It's, you know, you have to like that inner child is still within you. And if you're not healing that you're, yeah, you're going to keep people pleasing and like doing these things to protect her or him. Exactly. Exactly. I was just trying to journal and get some thoughts out about the podcast today. And something that I came to was that some, the drinking that occurs as a result of trying to appease or people pleaser to fit in is totally connected to inner child because all you're trying to do is fit in. You're just trying to fit in. You're trying to be, go with the flow. Like, like you said, don't rock the boat. Don't be different. And it's, it stems from this belief as a child, when, when you, a a child is just trying to make sense of their environment. And so they come very black and white thinking. And so if you have a belief based on something that happened to you in childhood, like I'm not safe to be myself here. I need to read the room. I need to make them happy because otherwise they're going to get mad or they're going to disagree with me. And that's not safe. When you have that belief, you're just trying to keep yourself safe. Um, and I digress because I forget where I was going with that. Oh. But <laughs> It's all good. It's a lot of thought to like. Yes, it it's a lot of linking. It's a lot. Okay, well, that where did that come from, and where did that come from, and where did that belief come from, and that because I believed that, that's why I acted this way. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of tracing. It is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that's really hard is when it comes up after you're done drinking. So that's kind of a common thing. Um, once again, that I see is in the sober community, they've always, when these feelings have come up, whether they are even realizing or not realizing it or not, like they've got that crutch to just like, okay, we're going to drown it out. Me, especially like didn't know what I was doing until I sobered up and made myself like sit with my feelings, which is so hard, but so important. Exactly. It's crucial. Mm-hmm. It's crucial, especially if you're dealing with stuff that you're like, why am I, why am I doing this? Why am I unhappy? Like to actually like think about it and look at yourself and sit with the feelings that come up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not for the faint of heart. It's not easy, but bringing it back to your, your, saying about inner child work and how you have to heal that part of you in order to like flip the script on people pleasing. Mm -hmm. That's exactly where I tell people 
or where I bring the conversation to and tools that I infuse into life coaching is to like, okay, we're going to do some work around connecting with that little girl or that little boy who outsourced your worth. And it's, it can seem abstract and, and difficult and it is, but getting to the root of it is, is like that key that's in your pocket. You just have to figure out how to grab it and what works for you and, um, to, yeah, to kind of rewire that. Like I am safe to take up space. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can do a lot of that, like in your mind with, you know, just thinking about like, I am safe. It is okay to have feelings. It is okay to have needs. And then also showing your physical body, like, like sitting up straight and like opening your chest and like, I am good to like sit here and like be in my body and to actually feel what it feels like to be in my body and take up physical space. Like I am safe. I am safe. It's yeah. (laughs) But I mean, you say I am safe and it's so true because it does stem from not feeling safe. Like that inner child doesn't feel safe to do these things. Doesn't feel like they're good enough to do these things. And, you Mm -hmm. know, when you have all these limiting beliefs that you were raised with that you, you know, have this inner fight with, it can be really, really hard to, let down that, you know, just let it down and just like, let that true belief system and who you really are at your core come to light. Exactly. And I think this speaks to your journey over the last, has it been nine months? Yeah. Since your last drink? Yeah. I think like, so when you first start working on those beliefs, it's, it's a lot harder because there are so many more. So your brain has so many more connections that say, I am not safe. I am not safe. It is not safe for me here to speak or to take up space or to disagree with someone. You have so much more evidence in your brain that says that's true. Mm -hmm. And now as you're coming out of drinking and sobering up, you're doing these things like speaking your mind a little bit more, actually getting in touch with, Oh, I didn't like how that person said that, or I disagree. And when you start to be aware of that first off and then take the action, this is a really big part, take the action into, you know, I'm going to have a conversation with them. You're scared shitless because it hasn't been safe in the past, but you're like shaking and you decide to do it anyways. You cross that threshold into like creating a new reality, like, Oh, I spoke my mind and it, I was, I didn't, I didn't get hurt physically, right? There may have been some tough like sentences or words exchanged, but I stuck with it. They, they weren't like attacking me or something like that. Like you just create more evidence to where it is safe and I can open up and I can tell people what I actually think. And that those are the things that lead you into fuller expression of intimacy and love and fulfillment. And in a lot of our culture, 
supports this like don't rock the boat like don't tell them how you really think like just laugh it off like laugh and nod and but it's the opposite of like holding people accountable and acting in love and I struggle with this deeply um because mm-hmm. yeah it's it's hard to tell people what you actually think yeah put yourself first mm-hmm. and it's I mean listening to whatever what all you just said it is boundary setting really right mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. finally yes. you know letting people know this is what I expect and I will say I have been very empowered in that since getting sober yes, in a way I see that this in you I know you're not the only one who's mentioned it um <laughs> It's inspiring. I'm like, yes, I need to get on that wavelength. uh, Yes, Stephanie. It's, it's kind of crazy to look back on because I, I, and I'm still not one that likes confrontation. And I don't think Mm -hmm. most people do like confrontation. I mean, it's very uncomfortable, but it, anything that's uncomfortable sometimes is a is a necessity, right? Like, yeah. Sometimes something that like I've kind of taught myself is if I'm scared to do it, I'm probably supposed to do it. Like if there's some fear and I'm not talking like jumping out of an airplane, I'm talking like having a conversation that is going to benefit me. Like it's about if I'm uncomfortable, then a conversation Mm -hmm. needs to be had because that's not, you know, serving myself. That's not putting myself first. And the relationship with ourself is the most important one. And I think as a people pleaser, we, we didn't even have that in our, in our mind at all. We think the relationships with everyone around us is what holds value. And so, yeah, I'm definitely digging into that relationship with myself. And I've had to have some hard conversations with people very close to me and Yes, I was shaking and nervous and I got it out. And like you said, yeah, honestly, they they ended up being the best conversations and no one really nobody's even gotten mad at me. Obvious honestly, they were just almost like grateful that like finally she's like speaking up. Like finally <laughs> yeah. this girl's like telling me what she wants or what she needs, you know. It's, it's just empowering, but it's one of those things. Yeah. You don't know till you do it. It's like, yeah, it is kind of like jumping off a cliff, right? You're just like, okay, here we go. We let's. Yeah. Yeah. Like, holy shit. This feels so boring. Like, why is this so scary? Yeah. (laughs) Everything in me wants to run away right now. Yeah. No, I, I definitely have recognized that within you. I've seen you show up in that way on your Instagram. And when you come in for your massages, just the way that you walk and talk Mm -hmm. and stand is just so like, it's so in your power. And so I'm not apologizing for taking up space. Mm -hmm. And that's all like without you even saying anything, like it's such an internal shift. Yeah. It, it really, it really is. And I do feel like I feel different, but I feel like myself. Yeah. I have, 
And I guess like, I didn't even realize how far out of touch with myself I was Mm -hmm. until the end of my drinking career. And then it was just like, damn, like insane. Yeah. Isn't that, that's mind blowing. I've had some clients and myself as well. Like my people pleasing tendencies had pulled me so far away from my own desires and my own authentic like wants and needs. Like I didn't even know what food I liked. Like, like I go, you know, Luke's like, what do you, what do you want for dinner? I'm like, I have no idea. I don't even know what I like. Like, It's, and then when you, when you start to do the inner work of creating those boundaries and sitting with that, that uncomfortableness that comes when you choose yourself and you have to be okay with the other person either being okay with it or not Mm -hmm. and allowing yourself to like, every time you do that, you start to uncover the onion a little bit more and your authentic expression gets to come to the surface. And there is nothing like that feeling. And I, so I still drink every now and then, Mm -hmm. but I am at a point where I wrestle with some of those times that I drink are because the crowd that I'm with or the people that I'm with really want me to. They want yeah. me to join in on their fun. And so what I am wrestling with is like, how do I choose myself and be okay with maybe you being disappointed mm-hmm. and not take that on and feel like I'm ruining the night or that I suck or that like <laughs> I'm ruining the fun. Like, like, first off, like you're going to go do your own thing, regardless if I'm drinking or not. It's so So, like, why, why am I taking that on? Like it's this huge weight of the world Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and how to deal with that. So that's connection to yourself is something that is helps when you can start to feel that that's a better feeling than than anything for people pleasers, I think. Yeah. And that's really hard um, in the beginning of getting sober. And I, I know that I have seen so many, I have a lot of drinkers in my life and I would say, you know, that's their biggest hang up is doing is like drinking for other people. And mm. I will say, because I can't like, I can't like say to them, my gosh, do you not realize what you're doing? Because they don't, because I didn't like, this has been a progression. This is 10 months in where I can like go and say, I don't drink. And I don't say I don't drink anymore. I don't say I'm taking a break. Like it is a factual statement. I Mm -hmm. don't drink. And it has taken some time to build that confidence to say that when I'm offered a drink, but I will tell you, when you have, when you feel that confidence and you can say that people don't even question you, like when you set that, it's like setting a boundary because you're, you're, (laughs) it is, you're saying a statement, your body language is super confident with it. Yeah. And they are just like, okay, cool. 
It's in the beginning when you're still not sure what sobriety looks like. You don't even know who the fuck you are. Like I got sober and I'm like, who am I now? Because the the drinker drinker was part of my identity. Right, right. So I had to do things like, I remember starting out, I would literally pretend I was drinking. I'm not even kidding you. Like I would make a drink that like a Sprite with cranberry juice. And I would tell people there was vodka in it because I didn't Mm -hmm. have that confidence yet. I was still trying to keep these people happy so that I still could, because that's was my source of love. That was my source of confidence. And it wasn't until I could like gradually start like filling my cup Yeah. You know, that I could like finally just have like enough stock in myself to feel good enough to say, yeah, I don't drink, you know? So yeah, like I see people kind of doing the same thing. Well, you know, I, I'm not ready to uh, give it up completely. I'm going to drink moderately because yeah, like I'm still hanging out with people who drink and my husband's one of them. Mm-hmm. I did. Sh- I had, I did challenge him. He had a, a work event <laughs> Thursday night and I, and listen, he is doing yeah. amazing. Like he's doing so good. He's moderating his drinking, which is probably the hardest thing to do. I just did a podcast yeah. last week about moderation. And when you're a binge drinker, you already have like this chemical in your brain that like is working against you anyway. Like your inhibitions are down anyway, but then yeah, you're already, right. you know, struggling. There's like am, wiring there that yeah, yeah. There's there's the like a chemical that gets yeah, there's a chemical that gets released from your liver to your brain when you're a binge drinker. And it does wow. sound like yeah, it transforms. I'm so That's bad. I'm not crazy. a biologist, but yeah, like it just transforms yeah. your function of your brain, like permanently. Like you can go years, you could go 50 years without drinking. And then think wow. you're okay. But it's like, once it's there, it's there. Wow. And um, so he, you know, yeah. in his culture with the back to the people pleasing, like he's in construction and that's what they do. And he's just like, he's very really? adamant to me. He's like, Stephanie, I can't not drink. Like, and I said, but who are you doing it for? Like I challenged mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. and he's like, I know where you're going with this. You know, like, he's like, I know what you're doing. I guess, but let's do it still. Yeah. He's like, I know what you're doing. We're not (laughs) going to talk about this anymore, but you know what? I'm super proud of him. He, he kind of did what I was doing. Um, he said he went out to his truck a couple times and filled his beer can with water because he brought water with him. So like, he's really, but that's what I did in the beginning too. So like what I just told you, so like, I can't, I can't like not give him a, round of applause. Good job. Because it is, it's a gradual thing. You're not going to get sober and get confident the next day. Like you have to do the work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's truly how sustainable change is made. It is not an overnight thing. Our, our brains, our nervous systems can't, we can't handle that and have it be impactful over a long period of time. It just won't stay. It's that little, little shifts, little shifts Mm -hmm. that build the momentum and build that evidence of the new belief that you're trying to create the new life that you're creating. Um, Yeah, it is definitely one little 
one little onion peel at a time. Yes. Yes. And that's what's so like, like, I think we can get discouraged because we're like, oh, I'm not there yet. Like, uh, there's such a long road ahead of me until I can get to this point. But truth be told, like the power, the actual power that you have is in all those really small decisions, Mm -hmm. all those moment to moment things like those add up and you can act like the little things don't matter. But if you want something, if you want something like that is, that's your angle to ensure the change is to do those little things over and over and over again. Yeah. Consistency. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a new theme in my life. mm. I say it a lot. Consistency. Because it's true. Consistency helps you build new habits and it helps you build, like you said, it gives you that little bit of strength or whatever it is you're working towards. It's like all aspects of your life, really. You know, fitness, fitness, patience, um, getting more time outside or... Yeah. Anything you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, and, and also there's no end game, right? Like you said, like, oh, you want to just get there. You're never going to really ever be there. So first yeah. of all, accept that, accept the <laughs> fact that this is going to just be like, a, a, like something you always are working for. Like sobriety is something you have to choose to do every day. That self-development self-help is something you have to choose to do every day because I've been doing this for a while. I actually like, I always, I like did an Instagram post about it. I feel like I did shit backwards because (laughs) most people get sober and then they do like, then they discover all like the self-help and the spirituality and all of that comes after they get sober. But I was like getting into self-help and spirituality and all of that stuff while I was a binge drinker. And then (laughs) I did it all weird. That's hilarious. That's me though. Um, but yeah, so it's like every, <laughs> everything is a work in progress and it, you, there will always be another level Yeah, in everything. And so it's like, enjoy that journey and do those small little things and quit like wishing your life away because you will get there, right. right? You're going to get there, but you've got to mm-hmm. like take, you got to hit every, every little step. You can't skip five steps up to the top. Like it just doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. And if you're always (laughs) face plant, belly flop, just (laughs) totally. Yeah. And then if you're always moving the marker, like, okay, I'm going to feel really good when I am just confident and Mm -hmm. sober as shit. And I'm able to, tell all these people I'm not drinking. I don't drink. Like if you're always putting, I'll be happy when, or I'll feel really Mm -hmm. good when that's kind of like a mentality that you have to like dissect away from the goal. It's like, okay, here, this is what's actually happening right now. Be happy. Like if you can be happy now, you'll for sure be happy then because you know how to be happy now. And now we'll be then, and then we'll be now, and you'll be happy because you're yeah. not be happy and accept in the moment. It's true. <laughs> that made me think of this quote I freaking love, and I I like think of it all the time. And it's 
today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Cause it's true. Like you, you, all you have is this one freaking moment. Like, and it's such a, it's such a good, good quote for us, like worry warts and us anxious people, which is definitely like, that's me. Um, yeah. So it's definitely a quote. Yeah. (laughs) That I remind myself all, all the time because worrying gets you nowhere. Um, in the grand scheme of it all, like all you can, the only thing you have control of is right now. Yeah. And you should really enjoy what you're doing in the moment while you're doing it. And I think sobriety is a really good place to start with that because I know for me, like once again, it's one of those things that I've actually been able to do more consciously now that I'm not trying to drown something out and like have the anxiety that I used to have from drinking that's gone way down, but it's a habit. So it's like the minute I feel stressed, it's something that happens again, you know, the worrying and the yeah, looking far ahead, too far ahead. Totally. Um, limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. Mm. Those are some big hangups for me. Big, big hangups. One of the limiting beliefs that I have worked on is like vanity. Mm. That was instilled in me at a young age and, um, thinking that my self-worth was all physical. Like that was the most important thing. And I really worried about that. I feel like there's a lot of guilt and shame limiting beliefs as well. I was raised Catholic, so they call it the Catholic guilt. Like that is such a thing. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. My, I was raised a little bit Catholic, um, not super strict, but my boyfriend was raised Catholic and went to a Catholic school and um, we've talked about it a little bit. It's, it instills some fear and some like fear of self, like totally. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of, um, I feel like it's a lot of like secret holding, you know, yeah. cause I just yeah. remember like having to go to confession and, you know, it's like just you and the priest, it's just between you and God and like, it's all these things that you, you know, you don't, you, you, you t- said that you did wrong, but like no one else is supposed to know. And then you go out and you do all these prayers and it's like, uh, like to me, so that, so like, this yeah. is how, but this is what I want to say. Like, this is how you start understanding that it's a false belief because I always had a hard time with the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. I always felt because I am someone who, um, when I'm about like all about something, I'm like all in. And I'm not hypocritical. I try very hard not to be hypocritical, but I always felt very hypocritical being in that church because there were a lot of things that I did not believe in that the church Mm -hmm. believed in. So, I mean, that's like a really good example of like reflection, right? Like what was something that maybe, you know, you believe you were forced to believe in that just never settled. Right. Like you always question, like if you're questioning it. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's probably one of those limiting beliefs that has you, you know? Yeah. It's a very good 
inner marker of like being out of alignment with what you do believe. If it's making you feel icky or weird or like questioning it, like there's, it's coming in and it's hitting on something that's like something within me does not, is not wanting to accept this, doesn't agree with this. Like this doesn't sit right with me. Mm -hmm. Those might be a good indicator to like, okay, what was going on within that environment? Like what aspects were being modeled to you? Um, What beliefs were being broadcasted? Like we believe, I don't really know what goes on in Catholic religion. Like I did not pay attention. Mm -hmm. I was a terrible student and didn't (laughs) pay attention at all. But what I remember about being within the church was just that like I was bad and that like these priests were good. Mm -hmm. God was good, Mm -hmm. but I am bad and I need to think about that. And I, and I really like, I don't know if this is just because I'm older and I can put it together, but it's like, it, it, it's about the desires, like inherently bad. You have bad desires. Like that desire center within you is dirty. Yeah. And, and to like suppress, suppress that and put all your attention like into paying attention to what the priests are saying and how they're living life and they're above you. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're pure. They're living a pure Mm -hmm. life. Yeah. 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 And, and it's such like, that's such a horseshit belief, right? That your desires are bad. Yeah. For so many reasons, like not to bring it super dark, but like, look at, look at the really dark stuff that goes on in the Catholic church behind closed doors that have to do with desires. Yeah. Like that's suppressing desires leads. They're going to come out in some kind of way. Yep. And anything that like a desire that comes from within, like, you know, obviously I just feel like you have to, like, if you have desires that are to hurt someone or any of that, like, you need to right. get some help or talk to someone. But like as a person being connected to your center of desire, like what is desire? It's like joy and pleasure and enjoying things. Right. And right. like, like I think we're taught and given the tools to like suppress that and like, like, like alcohol, suppress your inner voice, the desires and like the joys, but it's masked as like this joy serum or like cocktail like drink this and everything's gonna be like so fun and so all your yeah all your worries are gonna go away yeah yeah (laughs) and it's it's um it's it's very much um I don't know. How can you create, like, how can you create a life and a daily life and like relationships that actually give back to you when you're out of touch with what you want, right? what feels good to you? It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. And I have to say, Mm -hmm. I think we just peeled back another 
onion layer for me. Yes, yes. I mean, honestly, <laughs> um, because I always thought of like, and we're talking with being raised Catholic, um, yeah. you know, the, the secrets and the sh- and the hiding, mm-hmm. but then like you were talking about like the hierarchy part too, like yeah. the, you are not enough compared to the priest, right? Like you're yeah. under them. Yes. And yeah, so there's another, there's another little layer yeah. for me to examine. See guys, this is how this works. <laughs> <You> just... <laughs> but it's true. And you know, having someone like you in my life mm. and, you know, I've got, I've got some other people as well that I feel like this soul connection with that having these type of conversations are so valuable yeah. to me because it really, it creates a safe space, first of all, where I know that I'm understood and that I can like say things without that shame. Um, because I feel that connection with you, that you're understanding that like, we kind of have like maybe the same goals or purposes, like our souls have like that, you know, contract or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it feels so good to be able to talk this shit out and discover these things. And I know that's what your clients probably just love about their sessions with you. I mean, do you feel like that's kind of what the, what it amounts to like when you sit down with them? Oh yeah, absolutely. I think I love being a life coach because I have always created these really deep conversations. I Mm -hmm. always, it, it fills me up and makes me so happy. And, but in a way that is just like this deep sense of connecting with another person in a way, specifically women, like in a way that's very deep. And I know that's what I loved about the life coaching that I received in my training Mm -hmm. was the first eight weeks where I received life coaching. And I was I was blown away at the depth and the things that got uncovered through conversation and question asking and listening and and share like safe space sharing it it is life changing. Yeah, life changing. It is. It really really is. And yeah. I I once again I cannot even thank you enough for these type of conversations that we have because they're just amazing. I love having them. They are. They, I don't know. There's something about like going deep with other women or another Mm -hmm. woman. Like it, it is unlike anything. It's unlike anything in it. It fills my cup. It fills my cup in a way that nothing else can. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. And there's so much healing, like through connection and support with another woman too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, like that's a whole wound in and of itself is like the sister wound. Yeah. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm starting to like unpack that and uncover that. And I'm just like, there's a lot of messaging out there. Like another woman is your competition. And yes. it's so- deeply ingrained in us and and it's so disempowering because like look at this medicine like look at how 
good we're able to feel when we're able to be vulnerable and open and honest and supportive Mm -hmm. with another woman. It's, it's, it really is. It's life-changing and, um, yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it's so true because I, I'm really trying to, um, surround myself with those type of people. Yeah. Um, especially with my sobriety, but, um, just overall, because there is that whole competitiveness Mm -hmm. that social media can stir up, especially, you know, people always just put their best life out there. Um, Mm -hmm. but what I can say as part is, is like being part of the sober community and the sober Instagram, it is the complete opposite of that. Um, I am not a big social media person. Like I have a Facebook and I hardly ever get on it because it's just so yeah. toxic. And it's all about <laughs> that. It's all about mm-hmm. competing. It's all about like, look at my best vacation. Look at me hanging out with all of my, look at all these friends I have. Like, look at, um, I don't connect with that type of energy. I am very much like one-on-one soul yes, connection. I don't mm-hmm. like small talk. I want to dive mm-hmm. in and talk about some deep <laughs> shit with you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Here I am coming into my power, everyone. But no, like this is who I, this is who I'm finding out I am. It's always been there, but now I'm stepping into exactly. it and I'm owning mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And so, so circling back, I did not get on sober Instagram till I was 99 days sober because I had read, um, quit like a woman. And she suggested that in there actually like for support, because I had no idea like how to get support. I knew I didn't want to go to AA. I'm way too introverted to do meetings and stand up and talk. And once again, to me, that just nothing against AA, AA works for a lot of people. But once again, you got to do what's going to work for you. Why push yourself to do something that isn't within your beliefs, right? Exactly. Exactly. yeah, so sober Instagram, I get on there 99 days and like, it is like a world I've never experienced. Like no one's competing with anyone. And like everyone, like if someone posts, I I've been sober for two mm-hmm. days, we celebrate them as much as someone who's been sober for 10 years, 20 years, because every day you're sober mm-hmm. is a big deal, you know? And like, no mm-hmm. one should ever be made to feel like, it's not. And that's the it's time. It's not good enough because you're not at yeah, 10 years or somebody just posted. Days. Yeah. Somebody just posted the other day. Like, why wouldn't we cheer these people out? Like we, we had to be at two days. We've all had to be at the lower number to get where we are. Yeah. We don't just get there. Like we were, you and I were just, yes. it's the steps. Yeah. It's like, you yeah. can't skip them and it's mm-hmm. humbling and it's, I don't know. And we're all so vulnerable and we all share. And I just, I can't rave about that community enough. And I mean, it's also why I do what I'm doing with the podcast and my blog, because it's like, how do I give back to these people? Like they're so amazing and inspiring. And so so this is just like my little way of doing that. But yeah. And I love that what you posted the other day about Maybe people not thinking that you want to hear about yeah. their sobriety. Mm-hmm. And you were, you were like, 
I do. I want to hear about it. Yeah. Like share it, please. And I'm mm -hmm. like, yes, that's, that's a beautiful reminder of support and like, like, yes, share all of it, no matter where you are. Like, I want to hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, it, I have been so surprised how many times, like I'll share a part of my story and someone will message me and it's like, oh my gosh, Stephanie, like I'm the same way, or I did the same thing, or I so relate and yeah. to be able, Ugh. and like, I've had the same thing where I'm having a shitty day and I get on and I read somebody shares something that's similar or just makes me like realize that, you know, there is community there and I do have support. So yeah, it's so important to share those things, but it's important to have a safe space to do it because yeah. You know, some of these things that we share, if, if, if it was in a different platform or there was people that weren't sober and didn't understand, mm -hmm. like there's some trolls in this world. And so I'm so glad that like, exactly. it's such a safe space and, um, that's beautiful. It, yeah, it is. It's amazing. And I can't, I'm some of these wonderful people are coming on the podcast coming up and I just can't wait to share them as well. Cause it's going to be, I can't wait. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's so exciting. Yeah. Well, do you have any other thoughts? Did you have anything else that you wanted uh, to? Uh, I I think one, so one uh, mantra that really helped me when I was just in the beginning of like, starting to choose myself and mm -hmm. that helped me with the mindset of like no I am growing my courage is and I just want to offer this to anyone who may yes find it helpful I don't shrink when I get uncomfortable I deepen my container Ooh. whatever that means to you growing your ability to handle that discomfort all of, all of that is already within you. It's just a searchy, like a simple Instagram search of like growing your ability to handle uncomfortable things. And there's so many tools out there. I don't know. That's all. beautiful. I love it. Yay. I love Thank it you so much for having me. Oh this my gosh. Carly. was so fun. I want to do it again. We're going to do it again. We have a lot to talk about. So true. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, just spoiler Yay. alert for everyone. Like I really, I'm very spiritual and I'm going to take that into the, um, the podcast some, because, um, yeah. I really do want to have a pod about Reiki and obviously Ooh, cool. you're my girl. girl because that would be so fun. Yeah, Reiki has been a big part of. I'm feeling really called to up my own personal self Reiki every day as I transition into fall. Because fall, I I like fall, but it's for some reason a tough transition for me. Just oh, okay. less sun and less warmth, yeah. and yeah, I think I need extra self care. So I'm I'm feeling called to amp up my self Reiki. So. All right. I'm feeling the you're, Reiki you're gonna you're gonna yeah. teach us how to do that coming up okay done and done all right my dear well okay. 
It's Thank been you. awesome. So Thank fun. you. Thank you. All right. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll talk see you to next you soon. week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'll see you very soon. All right. Bye, Carly. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at thisisstephsober. My DMs are always open.